Hello, everybody, and welcome to A Court of Books and Booze, our basement book club. I am Skylar, also known as the Skywalker, and with me, as always, is Jessica and Amanda, my two lovely co-hosts. Jessica, the boss, golden. (laughs) Amanda, wife number two, (laughs) Napier. I respect that. I respect that. How's it going, guys? <clears throat> Not too bad. <laughs> Not too bad at all. Yeah? Yeah. Well, I've had a crummy week, so... <laughs> oh, we're talking about our weeks. I'm just talking about this great book and this great wine. That's where I'm at. Well, that's it does make things a lot better. That's the baseline for the evening here. Yes. Earlier this week, I literally walked to... Came over to your house after open gym and was just like hey let's go in your kitchen and talk about how bad of a day i've had <laughs> and i just vented and then i left it was a vent sesh yeah i love that it was good you stirred our dinner on the stove while you did it i didn't know if it was done or not it was perfect it tasted great <laughs> i mean she ate one chicken strip and then left <laughs> i did <laughs> i did yeah said hi to your kids for a minute <laughs> and only a minute and when i was out but it was good it's a great time yeah feel better today i mean other than the fact that i've been fighting a cold so none of that i got all this whatever in my head right now none of that on top of whatever in my head from other crap so it's been interesting but no when it comes to this book and, and the alcohol i'm gucci she's gucci gucci <laughs> all righty well that's today's episode i guess I don't want to hear Amanda say Next Gucci time. again. Skylar, are you bussing? <laughs> Sheesh. That's bussing. I think you say it twice, like bussing, bussing. Bussing, Oh, bussin'. I hate I that even more. Is it? I don't know. I could be wrong. Sure. TikTok only told me once. I don't, that's all I know. <laughs> I do say, I do say sus sometimes now, which I kind of hate myself for it, but it's okay. That's okay. I'm like, oh, that's sus. Mm-hmm. Because I can't just finish the word, apparently. That's Gucci. <laughs> it's Gucci. <laughs> I feel like that's such an early 2000s thing. Didn't we say that in the early 2000s? Something like that, Something yeah. Something like I, that? I, don't, I, I never feel like I was that, in middle though. school when I was like, Gucci! <laughs> you were not in middle school in the early 2000s. <laughs> Admit that. I was in 2000. Like, the years 2020. I think I started high school in 2011. So, Yeah. She says early 2000s. I graduated in 2011. She was like born in the <laughs> early 2000s. I was not. I am a 90s kid. Whoa. Whoa. I am like, well, depending. Back on, it up. Hold the phone. Depending on what article you read, I guess. Some say I am. I was born in the year of like the last millennials. And dun, then, dun, dun. yeah, I don't know. Again, depending on what source you read. But. All right. So, is what it is. But no, I was born in the 90s. Late 90s, but still. <laughs> Weren't you just complaining about how you were 30? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. It's, it's all right. I was talking to your mom at Woody's earlier. <laughs> and, oh, uh, God. Always. She said something. I was like, look, Patty, the second I turned 30, my knees just really started to ache. My back hurts all the time. <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, my knees were hurting well before 30. Oh, mine were too. So, 
It's okay. It happens to all of I us. I seem to remember everybody else building my fence <laughs> because oh, I couldn't yeah. walk. <laughs> yeah. That was That's wonderful. the look you're talking about, about the individual cameras and how good that's yep. going to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it now. We love that. <laughs> all right. Well, how was your week, Sky? It's been peachy. Just peachy. Mm. There we go. I hate you for that. <laughs> it's been peachy. There's no sarcasm hidden <laughs> hidden in it's there anywhere. It's so peachy. It's um. Hey, it's getting warmer though. It's getting warmer. It's getting nice out. We spent a lot of time outside this week. What do you mean? It's like August. It's it's <laughs> been a very warm week. We've enjoyed the outdoors. I I keep telling Jess. <laughs> Last week rained <laughs> a lot. There were all the thunderstorms. <laughs> A little prediction. bit of snow. Yeah. <laughs> that August snow. <laughs> you shut your mouth because now it's going to happen. Not if we watch no. Twister. <laughs> we got to watch that this week, by the way. Mm. Are you superstitious? I watch it every year. To prevent some type of yep. storm? <laughs> I haven't died in a tornado yet. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Are they actually doing a remake? Yeah, they announced a remake. <coughs> they are? Yep. When it, do you know when they're doing it? I do not know anything I, I, other than about they announced anything. it. Yeah, I thought I had seen that they had announced it, but I didn't know if that was, that was one cute. for real or two when it was going to actually happen. One for real. Yeah, they... If it was actually for real. <laughs> they officially announced it. For real, for real. Flavor, <laughs> <laughs> flavor. Anyway, <laughs> welcome to our basement book club. <laughs> All things where we, book we read things so you don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh, wait, is it we read things so you'll want to? <laughs> we read things hoping you've already read them. <laughs> read things and read along with us. Grab a book, grab a beer. <laughs> Meet us in the basement. <laughs> it's so creepy. So creepy. <laughs> it's sus. <laughs> classic cookies for classic books. <laughs> oh, boy. You really went off the rails there. What time is it? Ten. Time for you to get a watch. I don't, you know, I go in phases, honestly. When you want to talk about that, I go in phases. Or sometimes I'll wear a watch for a couple months and then I just stop. My sensory issues could never. I can't do the wrist thing. And you know when I do mm-hmm. like where I wear like the like the face of the watch on the inside of my wrist. Oh, you're the cool kid, huh? I'm the cool kid. I put oh. hair ties on my thumbs because I don't. I wrap them around my thumbs because I don't like. You don't on like my them wrist. on your wrist. I don't get anything on my wrist. Nope. Mm. And then there's me. I almost forgot to take the hair tie off my wrist on my wedding day. Oh yeah, we knew that was gonna happen. Yeah, I know. We were watching. That's why for I had it. pockets on my dress. <laughs> pockets for your hair ties. Just in case <laughs> you got a pocket, got a pocket full of hair ties. <laughs> Her new single is coming out. <laughs> it never. Nope. <laughs> no, thank you. September 1st. <laughs> That's only in a week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Literally a week. You heard it now, folks. <laughs> I got work to do. <laughs> what you drinking today, Sky? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm drinking a Bud Light. 
So Sky's got water. What are you drinking, Amanda? <laughs> um, I have a amaretto sour in this nice cup that I got from Ivy Terra. Shout out Ivy Terra. We, we love, love. We love Ivy Terra. We love Ivy Terra. Not on Sundays anymore, but it's okay. Maybe. 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 Soon. Maybe. Hopefully soon. <laughs> These summer hours, though. I know. I get it. It's fine. Yeah. What about you, Jess? I've got the um, Oliver Camelot Mead Honey Wine. Gosh. Love some Oliver. Yeah. Super good. Mm-hmm. I know we say this every, every time, time. But we're going to have to go down there. <laughs> every time. <coughs> we were just we were talking early, earlier this week. <coughs> and we were talking, and I was like, hey, have you, have you ever heard of this place? And she's like, well, I don't even know what that is, first of all. And have we talked about it before? Because we always say that we need to go do these things. I was like, yeah, we honestly need, like, a physical list because it's getting a little crazy. <laughs> oh, when we were talking yeah. earlier this yeah. week? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Bee Nectar, Oliver, Good Bull Bookstore. Mm-hmm. Uh, the indoor garden. Interior garden. That one. Yes. Yep. Inside. Yes, Plant that place. one's just that one's just up north, so that one's like thirty minutes away. So that yeah. one we could hit any time. We go after work. Yeah, we're right there. <laughs> just saying, just saying. <laughs> Off the rails. Places, what time are we at? <laughs> places to go. It's only been ten minutes. <laughs> places to go, books to read. There we go. <laughs> Coming up with a design in my head now. <laughs> I'm telling you, you guys are the creative side of the team. <laughs> I'm just, we're just gonna make, you know, those um, shirts that have lists of just like names, like all relative names mm-hmm. of things. We're gonna do that with just all the catchphrases. <laughs> mm. Yeah, smart. <laughs> all right, I'm, I'm excited. You ready? What are we reading today? We have done it. <laughs> we have started. Please, please elaborate. <laughs> <laughs> the series that got me hooked on reading. The series that Jess recommended to me. The series that Amanda's been looking forward to reading since we read it mm-hmm. in what? About a year ago. Right. Yeah. So, uh. Today we're talking about Sarah J. Moss's A Court of Thorns and Roses. I, I was so I was so excited when this got pulled up because you guys have talked nothing except good things. Like all good things. So I'm excited. And I'm we excited. tried not to like oversell it either. We right. just like the little hints of all the good things. Yeah. All right. So let's give a synopsis and then we can jump into this. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. All right, so A Court of Thorns and Roses was published in 2015. Page count is 448. Trigger warnings may include emotional abuse, drugging, murder, physical abuse, sex and sexual abuse, torture, and violence. The genre is fantasy, and basic synopsis is when 19-year-old Huntress Feyre kills a war... We're just going to back that up a minute. (laughs) Yeah, take a drink. That'll help. <laughs> yeah, it will. Totally. Clench your palate. It's all good. <laughs> Clench. <laughs> Clench your palate. 
quench my palate? Like, yeah. Oh, you too. Or did you mean quench? No. How do you clench a Because palate? you went you went like this, you went and you like smacked your lips together. Clench. Well, you'd be like clench your jaw. No. Your palate's part of the roof of your mouth. Yeah, I know that. I didn't know that. I didn't <laughs> Hey, you've got your hard palate and your soft palate up there. When I talk to you about your name, we'll talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about your palate too. When 19-year-old huntress Feyre kills a wolf in the woods, a terrifying creature arrives to demand retribution. Dragged to a treacherous, magical land she knows about only from legends, Feyre discovers that her captor is not truly a beast, but one of the lethal, immortal fairies who once ruled her world. At least, he's not a beast all of the time. As she adapts to her new home, her feelings for the fairy Tamlin transform from icy hostility into fiery passion that burns through every lie she's been told about the beautiful, dangerous world of the Fae. But something is not right in the fairy lands. An ancient, wicked shadow is growing, and Feyre must find a way to stop it or doom Tamlin and his world forever. Short, sweet, to the point, let's get into this. (laughs) Okay, so let's start the book up. The first time I read this book in the first chapter, I did not know if Pharaoh was a boy or a girl. You you cheater. You said exactly what I was going to say and exactly what I told you when I first read it. I came to you and I said that exact thing. I literally just opened my mouth to say that exact thing and then you took the words away from me, stealing my stories. <laughs> I read it first. <laughs> anyway. Interesting. Continue, good sir. I don't want to steal your thunder, huh? No. <laughs> no thunder over here. Um So, I mean, that, to me that was a little bit of like a rough start reading the I was I read the ebook at that time. Um but man, the, that graphic audio that I listened to for the second time, she just killed it. So good. Oh yeah, it would be obvious with the the audio book because it's a <laughs> it's a female voice actor. I didn't think about that. The things that readers don't realize when you just read things and you don't actually know, like pronunciations and you know shit like that. Let's throw back the throne of glass. Yep, yep. I remember. <laughs> remember it well. That's hilarious. Yeah. I never thought about that, that people would realize it off the bat, that listen to the audio or have a clue. <laughs> so Feyre is a girl. Feyre yep. is a girl. Yeah, we got that. Well, for the first like chapter, they don't say her name because it's just her in the woods. Right. It's just somebody saying they're out hunting in the woods for their sisters, so... I don't know. The patriarchy makes us think it's a boy first. Hmm. Yeah, that's fair. That's a fair statement. Unfortunately. Uh, the book uh, the book starts off hot though. I mean, you know, she's out in the woods. She's she's like, I'm freaking starving. I'm cold. I don't want to be out here. They're very poor. It's a very poor family, and she's hunting for her family for food in the middle of winter. And she's a good <laughs> hunter. 
yeah. yeah. She's setting up the whole scene, getting where she needs to be to hide, to look for deer in a place pretty far back in the woods, because she's kind of hunted out the close places to home, and and a deer happens along. And then a wolf happens along. A big, bad wolf. <laughs> Good God. <laughs> It, it's it's so funny going back and reading this and like making the connections between this book and like Beauty and the Beast or you know just other fairy tales that might be hinted at here and there. No, you don't think so. It was definitely given Beauty and the, Be- I mean, the Beast vibes. Yeah, there's there's a, a definitive little bit of Beauty and the Beast in for like book the first one. like yeah for like the first quarter I would say. But what enlighten us? What other um, fairy tales are in this? Do you get the big bad wolf? (laughs) 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 Oh, okay. So the big bad wolf? You mean Twilight? Uh, Um, yeah, Taylor Lautner. (laughs) (laughs) So, so Feyre kills the wolf. Turns out, um, it was Faye, and then we meet. Because the her little village is just south of the border of the Fairylands in the mortal realm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The mortal realm. Mortal realm. So she, she mentions a few times there's more to fear in these woods than just the wild animals. Insinuating the fae. Mm-hmm. She does have like that moment where she is questioning before she kills the wolf if the wolf could be Faye, and then she decides like, well, regardless of it's Faye or not, I hate Faye anyway, so I'm honestly doing myself a favor and doing my people a favor if it's just a wolf or if it's Faye. Because she notes that the wolf seems a little bigger than a usual standard right. wolf. Right. So, so she, you already get pick up like there's something happened between the two yeah the two sides there because she's just expressing extreme hatred regardless if it's a wolf or fae so yeah so she kills it with an ash arrow because ash wood is something that can hurt fae according to legend and then she skins him she skins him gets the deer all which no is like it's fae that grossed me out (laughs) when you find out later like that it was actually Faye. That it was a man. Was, he just tr- transformed into a wolf. I was like, oh, God. That's really gross. Mm, absolutely. <laughs> We're lucky he was too big for her to carry home and, you know, cook. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Not <in the> dress. Faye <laughs> uh, might have really been killed <laughs> in the first half of this book then, huh? Story over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so she comes back she gets all the wolf all prepared she argues with her sister some who didn't do anything she was supposed to do in preparation for anything and then what goes out in the next day to the market and sells the pelt and yeah. mm-hmm. whatever yeah gets herself some money because man, they are they are poor, poor. Like she's the only one that's able to really do anything. 
They lost their fortune a few years ago after their mom died and their dad's investment ships went missing. And then he couldn't pay back his investors or his um, backers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whatever. So they end up losing all their money. And and then those guys came and injured him. So he's not even to help out physically, really, yeah. around the area help hunt or anything. Yep. So they just left it up to Feyre. The baby. The baby, yeah. <coughs> It'd make Montana do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so she sells the pelt she they do their shopping for the day and they get back and uh our boy your guys's boy not my boy <laughs> shows up and breaks down the door <laughs> in his beast form how do they describe him He's like a lion. The head of, I think it was like the head of a lion and horns and something along those lines. Anyway, this big fey beast comes and beats down the door and starts screaming about his friend being killed and. A treaty. See. Jumping into this all so fast is like, he he shows up, he breaks down the door. It's like, one, how did he track her down? Could he still smell Andres on her? Was the Did his scent linger in the, the pelt? Or was is there some magical sense that... See, this, this is where I got a little confused because it's like, I think at one point he says, well, the treaty pointed me in your direction yes mm-hmm. but by the end of the book they're like the treaty didn't mm-hmm. matter there was no there's no there's nothing in the treaty about like holding her accountable indentured yeah. servitude but we've we can touch base let's touch base on that more later after we get in a little bit more because i think i know how okay. but like we need more information first okay. <laughs> hold on sky <laughs> Put it on pause. Put a pin in it. So essentially he said there's a treaty um, between the fairylands and the mortal realm that you can't kill a fairy unprovoked. Correct. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so since she did that, she has to trade her life in payment. Mm. Um, So either she dies or he gave her the option to come back to... Prithian, the fairylands, with him and live out the rest of her days. So she ends up choosing that. Beauty and the Beast. Sounds about right. The same. Yeah. Definitely a heavy influence there um, at the beginning of this book. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So she decides to go after her, you know, dad is just sitting there begging him to not kill her. Yep. So she it tells. Go ahead. I was just going to say, so she tells them how to um, finish off the rest of the deer meat and tells her oldest sister, Nesta, not to marry who she was going to marry. And mm. Thank goodness. And um, that's, that's about that. I will say that while she's leaving, her dad's like, you just go. 
and you don't come back. I was like, oh, that's super sad. He actually shows one little hint of emotions in the beginning of this book. But I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, when you're, this beast literally shows up and is saying, like, no, it's either I kill you or I'm taking you away to the country where I live to where you can never come back. And he's like, you know what? Even if you can't escape, don't come back anyway. I was like, no offense, but in that moment, that's not what you want to hear from your dad. That's not helpful. <laughs> like, all right, dad. And even if he is saying, like, you, you've always been better than this place, like, okay, great. <laughs> yeah. Cool. None of them have a good relationship with their dad. I mean, Elaine, the middle child, yeah. a little bit, but, like... The most, yeah. Nesta and Feyre, no. Yeah. And and it pretty much was like that even before they lost their money. Because even before they lost their money, he was inattentive. And now he just is unhelpful. Yeah. So. I don't know. I just don't feel like that that's something that you want to hear as you're being kidnapped. Yeah. <laughs> So it's just me personally, honestly, but <laughs> no to self when Amanda's kidnapped. Don't tell her to stay gone. <laughs> so she leaves with the beast man and um, that is his actual name. <laughs> yeah. Beast yeah. man. And uh, he puts on a horse and they head north toward Prithian and towards the wall what was so funny <laughs> nothing. what are you having a moment over there what are you laughing at i can't hear the word horse without going in the back <laughs> <laughs> i can't help it billy ray Cyrus ruined you anyways continue please <laughs> So she's asking him questions as they go along. Because she realizes that the horse isn't afraid of him, despite her being. So she's like, let's just, let's talk. Let's ask some questions. And he just keeps getting progressively more annoyed with her. And then eventually uses some form of magic and just knocks her out. And uh, a couple days later, they arrive at his home. His estate. His manner. Yeah, no freaking joke. His manner. Other than the first chapter in this book, this book gets very slow in this next coming section. Right? I mean it's we spend we spend time getting to learn the three main characters of the estate. Which are the Beast Man. <laughs> Beast Man, yeah. Fox Boy. Beast Man, Fox Boy. Bird Woman. And Huntress. <laughs> <laughs> AKA Tamlin, Lucian, and Alice. <laughs> um, but I mean that's that's kind of the main focus for like what the next the third of a book. Yeah, the the audiobook labels the chapters really weird. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it's bizarre. Um you know, you thought it was boring? Uh, this this specific section after sh- they get to the estate and she's like, "I got to get out of here. I don't want to be here. I got to escape." But yeah. the food's really good. <laughs> but I got to escape. I'm going to eat a little bit more, but I'm going to steal this knife just in case. 
I'm going to set a trap at my door with torn up curtains. And then she hits the poor birdly in the face. <laughs> I love Alice, by the way. Alice might be my favorite character in this book. So back it you up. stupid girl. <laughs> back it up a little bit. Like they get, they get to the manor and Tamlin turns into a man. In, instead of this beast man, it, just an actual man with a mask on the top half of his face. Um, and then not long after they go in, we also meet Lucian, who oh, love Lucian. also has a mask on his face. And his one scarred, russet eye. Mm-hmm. Yep, he's missing an eye and he's got this golden metal... Uh, Mechanical. Mechanical eye. It's like a cyborg. Yeah. Cyborg eye. Seems seems to work for something. I will say that whenever they talked about his eye in the graphic audio, it went... (laughs) (laughs) And it drove me crazy. (laughs) It was so weird. (laughs) That's so funny. But yeah, I I love Lucian. But he is pissed. Yeah, rightfully so. Because he's like, oh, our friend died. For what? This human girl? And you brought her back here? And he's not having a good time. So Lucian's pissed. <laughs> right? Because Andres is dead. Which is the wolf's name. Wolfman. She killed him. Wolfman. <laughs> um, he's like, you killed my best friend. I don't know. So my brain's not working. They they got to the estate and she realized that it was um, warm here. It was spring. Um, and she said, you know, of course it would be, um, of course it would be warm here and they would be able to, you know, would have weather regulation and everything. And was it at that point that she mentioned she recognized that there were different sections of Prithian? Yeah, she knew that. Mm-hmm. She knew that there were different courts. Um, and so she said, oh, this one must be spring. And um, so then they get in there, and then there's Lucian, and then well, there's food, and Tamlin tries to make her eat because she needs to eat, and she won't eat because legend says you don't eat food from a fairy. Yeah. Going off because of then all these rumors, yeah, yeah, because then you could be enslaved to them forever. But there, yeah, there are a lot of fairy rumors in the small section of mortal lands where they live. Yeah, one is you don't take food from a fairy. Fairies are weak to ash and iron. They can never lie. Yeah. They can never lie. So she's she goes in to this section of the book like. With these assumptions. Well, if I ask him a question, he can't lie to me, so. <laughs> mm-hmm. But he, they, Tamlin is overly friendly. I mean, like, she's not put anywhere. She's just kind of left to be, and I don't think she really knows what to do. She's, she's not treated like she thought she was going to be treated. She's like, I, w- I want to go home. And he's like, well, you don't have to stay here. You can go anywhere in Prithian. You can leave. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Like, no rules as long as she stays within the wall. So. Keeps out of trouble. Yeah. So, she's... So that's a big part of the next section. <laughs> it's her getting into trouble. Her just trying to figure out what her role is and how it's going to play out. 
we do find out through this section that they're they call it a blight is affecting the magic in like some sort of magical plague of right. sorts um that's she goes on that um that uh ride with lucian and they have that one little creepy thing that comes and tries to get in her head and the bog the bog yes and then there was also that one incident where she thought she saw her dad out in the garden. Yes. I forget the name of that creature. So the the blight, the the plague on the land is supposedly um, draining fairies' magic and making it act weird. It's um, letting creatures that aren't from the court um, cross across borders. Um, it's just, it's making everything strange. And so, um, Tamlin's been on edge and due to the, um, beings that shouldn't be in his court and, um, him and Lucian have been having hushed discussions on things that are going on. Um, but so then Feyre ends up going with Lucian on a ride because she refuses to go anywhere with Tamlin at this point mm-hmm. um, even though he's offering and she's just not having it wanting to spend no time in his presence but she goes out on a ride uh, with horses um, with Lucian and um, are just having some basic discussion and then they end up encountering the bog which is which Lucian just stops and says you know don't acknowledge it don't look at it don't say anything, just no keep writing, mm-hmm. keep your eyes forward. And so she's hearing, like, she's feeling chills and hearing this voice in her head and is, like, very cold and, and anyway, it's just terrifying, apparently. Enough so that she even, at one point, is like, Lucian blanched he just he's white as can be mm-hmm. well and then they go back and they tell Tamlin about it and he's the only one that can kill the thing yep yep and then yeah not long after that um she's in her room what was Tamlin away doing I don't know hunting some other thing or something had okay. had something at the border that he had to do and um so she is looking out her window from her bedroom and sees her dad, who's encouraging her to leave. So she grabs some things around and creeps out of the manor and starts heading out the front door. And then Tamlin grabs her, because he's home now, apparently. You know, what timing? And uh, points out that that's not actually her dad. And it's like shape-shifting. I think it's called the puka. Mm, that Ooh, sounds yeah, right. There yep. you go. And uh, so it shapeshifts into her other bow pe- and quiver, and yeah, then. her sisters and mm-hmm. um, yeah. yeah. And so then he chases that off. Yeah. So he he's a very busy guy because things like you said that are would not intimidating guy. Yeah, but things that would not dare come into the borders or even come close to the borders are now invading the court. Mm-hmm. And just roaming around. Yep. So, something's up. Something's a little sus. But then you get, like, this random backstory about, you know, 
things that happen as to why they have to wear the mask all the time because it's everyone in the spring court, as she's noticed. So it's not just Tamlin and Lucian. Um, So we get kind of a backstory about, you know, there was this party, there was this curse. Now we're forced to wear these. And that's, it's very vague. Very vague. So it's just little snippets, which I think is what's really frustrating to her, hence why she goes looking for more answers in the surreal when she goes to search for that. So the surreal is supposed to be these old elder beings, creatures. Which this was another um, story that she heard um, back in the mortal realms that Mm. she heard. I thought she said she heard her mother tell a story about that when she was young. That I don't remember how she heard about the surreal, honestly. It was Lucian. Lucian told her. She went to Lucian asking specific questions. About, yeah, like, about hypothetically how to catch one. Yes. But I thought it said uh, prior to that that she had heard about it. I don't remember that part, honestly. I don't remember either. I don't remember how she heard about it. But these elder creatures who have been around for a long, 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 long time, those, these creatures are the ones that cannot lie, Correct. Correct. So any questions that you ask, they don't have to give you a direct answer, but they cannot lie to you. Correct. If you can catch one and talk to one. Otherwise, they kill you. Is that right? Can they kill you? They can kill you because she had that whole thing about like, okay, when you, once you cut it down, you got to go and run to water because they don't like the water. Yeah, exactly. So I don't remember how they kill you. I know the pukas eat you alive slowly. Yes. I'm pretty sure everything just eats you alive. and <laughs> Slowly, yeah. So she goes to goes to Lucian because she wants more answers. She's not getting everything that she wants. And uh, he hypothetically tells her <laughs> in a scenario of what might she do if she were to want to catch one and what to do after. And he's very hypothetically helpful in, in telling her what she needs. Very and hypothetically detailed. <laughs> and... And where to go, and um, what to keep an eye out for after, and where he'll be, just just in to case. let her know, yeah, like where he'll be that day. <laughs> I love Casey him. hears anything. I love him so much. God, I love that man. So uh, she does exactly what he hypothetically told her to do, and it worked. She caught the surreal. Yeah, she set up a set up a snare and mm-hmm. caught loaded it up. a chicken. Caught her cereal. Loaded a chicken. Loaded a chicken. Look at all them chickens. (laughs) No, just one. Just one chicken. Look at that one single chicken. So she snares the cereal, and um, it ends up being a truly terrifying-looking being. And... um, so she's asking questions. I think the first one she asked was, is there really no way for me to go home? Mm-hmm. And uh, they said, no, not without fulfilling whatever. Hmm. Surreal can't lie. And there's still, there was some sort of something, some sort of binding something there. Yeah, there had to been a loophole in that sentence. Interesting. I don't know. I have to go back and look at it. Yeah. 
The only big part I remember her the surreal saying in that conversation was, stay close to Tamlin and all will be right. So she... That's like the main part, probably because it was repeated like five times after the, after that, <laughs> that scenario, but... Yeah, so um, she said, so what do you know about Tamlin? And the surreal said, oh, the, uh, the High Lord, oh, you're going to yeah. have to specify... And so Pharaoh like internally freaks out because the courts of Prithian are all ruled by seven high lords, which are like the most powerful mm-hmm. um, fairies ever around at all. Um, and uh, they're just like magic incarnate, you know, essentially. And uh, so she's like, shit, Tamlin's the high lord of the spring court? Because he never told her that. No one ever told her that. And um, so she was pretty stunned there. Yeah. Um, And then, and then, um, so she's asking about the blight. Mm -hmm. And the serial's given, like, really basic info and essentially just says, stay with the high lord. Yeah. And you will live to see everything turned right. Right, because her fear is that this blight is has the potential to move into the mortal the mortal realm. Yes. And that her family would be in danger. Exactly. Because she doesn't know exactly what timeline. Tamlin swears to her that it won't be for a while, that there's plenty of time and they'll deal with it, but she has trust issues. Yeah. Rightfully so. Beauty and the Beast. So she's she is emphasized to stay with the High Lord. And um Suriel's in the middle of saying some other things about the blight and then stops and says that they're not alone. And there are four other beings now around them. The Naga, which I, th- I think they said are like beings of shadow and hate or dark mm-hmm. darkness and hate or something yeah. like that. And I'm, I'm going to pause here and just say that if you have heard about um, the different series that Sarah J. Moss has written. Um, You may very likely have heard that they could be somewhat related to each other in a roundabout way. Okay. So, I'm just going to say, if you happen to notice any connections or have any questions about what might be connected across series, take note, but don't say anything yet. We're going to have a whole episode on that later. Yeah, keep in mind that, I mean, this is our second Sarah J. Moss series that takes place in this multiverse. Supposedly. Supposedly. We still have to read Crescent City, so we don't have the full info. After we read Crescent City, we will do a Sarah J. Moss multiverse episode. So what are we, the call guys? <laughs> my goodness. So. <laughs> so, the, the Naga. Just oh my gosh, she still has like eight more, seven more, eight more books to write too. Mm-hmm. She's contracted for seven right now. Jeez. Next one comes out in January. Man, what a goat. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so anyway, they uh they've got 
these naga that come and the surreal's like oh, you gotta let me go you gotta cut me down and then you gotta run for the manor stay with the high lord mm-hmm. and um so Feyre goes to cut down the surreal and gets what intercepted by the naga and so she ends up shooting her first arrow she's got like what five arrows i think and so instead of using her arrows to immediately kill the naga she uses the first one to cut uh to shoot the arrow to cut down the surreal and mm-hmm. then free them and then uh what shoots a couple naga one or two i think she kills one right are there kills five one? here four oh, there f- you know what i think she she gets one with a like she hits it with her bow and then shoots it and then the other the next one i think she goes to hit with her bow and it gets knocked out and then um doesn't she like get it with her knife and then she goes to run and then and then uh tamlin catches up and gets the other two that sounds right he's very impressed that she killed one one two whatever number yeah but but anyway, she hears this um, huge roar, and uh, Tamlin comes crashing through as she's sprinting away, mm-hmm. and um, takes the rest of them out. Saves the day. Yeah, and I think it's at this point that you start to see how much he is impressed with her, not only by how she adapted in her reality to fend for her family and adjust in that way, but how she is, you know, holding herself in Prithian as well. I mean, she killed a couple Naga. She's already faced the bog. She's got all kinds of crap going on. Well, and uh, Tamlin's like, you really attempted to ensnare the Surreal. And she's like, I did ensnare the Surreal. (laughs) And he's like, human girl. And she's like, what, is it hard? (laughs) Which yeah. apparently that is a very hard thing to do. That doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. That you that doesn't isn't just a regular occurrence. Capturing this being. Yeah, yeah. So he he is becoming very very impressed with who she is. And yeah. I mean, this is the point in the story where we we see Feyre's cold exterior exterior Lola. cold exterior just starts to melt away, and she really. Starts enjoying her time in the spring court with Tamlin and Lucian. and Well, and she mentions a couple times that, you know, she wants to go home because she needs to provide for her family. It's been this long and, you know, they've got to be without food now. Wondering, you know, if her dad's becoming a beggar or, like, what's going on. And um, Tamlin said a couple times that they're okay. I've got them set. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it just takes a few times of him reassuring that for her to believe it right um and then start letting herself appreciate the life of lack of poverty that she's in now at this point yeah and she kind of starts seeing them as less less of the creatures that she thought that they were and grew up hearing stories of yep and less myth yeah and genuinely feels remorseful for killing one of their own Oh, yeah. Which absolutely. I think was a huge turning point, especially for Lucian. Mm-hmm. So. 100%. Yeah, and I mean, you know, they're doing whatever she asks. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, she 
she's putting on weight from being the starving girl in the woods. She's Tamlin got her paints and canvases and essentially a whole studio and gave her access to uh, the library, even though she can't read. She can't read and she can't write. She was never taught at the young age yeah. before her mom died. And so she was trying to teach herself how to do those things to send a letter to her mm. family to warn them of this yeah. blight. But even like Tamlin offered to take time to help her. And I mean, she's she so too prideful, proud. Yes. So prideful <laughs> that she didn't accept it. But but they are going out of their way to make sure that she feels comfortable. It's a lot of Stockholm Syndrome, honestly, for me. Mm. <laughs> you know, I didn't have that thought the first time I read through these books. Listening to the graphic audio, I was like, man, Stockholm Syndrome hit Feyre really hard. Very hard, yeah. See, and that was opposite for me. I definitely got that, like, absolutely the first read-through, and then the second time, I didn't feel it as much. I don't know. I felt like, because as soon as she was just like, oh, well, like, when she truly believed that her family was taken care of and that they were set and they're like well i don't think that they would miss me anyway Mm -hmm. if they're already taken care of like they only needed me to hunt and bring food and money in yeah they don't they don't care otherwise yeah and so i think she was just like well i'm here you're here let's get smutty (laughs) (laughs) gosh well, before that, we go through uh, Kalamai, which is Kalamai, Kalamai, which is the springs, the spring <laughs> beginning ritual or whatever. Fire night, fire, fire night, night, yeah, and, yeah, which uh, is the the night of the spring solstice. There you go. Yeah, yeah, where all courts celebrate, but the spring court celebrates to replenish the land. Like right. the the fertility of the land, essentially. Yeah. So she's told no. Yeah. You cannot go. Stay in your room. I don't care what you hear. I don't care if anyone knocks on your door. You're to stay put. And of course, like you the, cannot leave. You, this tension is building between the two of them, and she is kind of jealous that she doesn't get to at least go to this big party. They're slowly warming every, up to yeah, each other. Yeah, that at everyone this point. is going to. And he's very firm, like, absolutely not. Absolutely not. So what does she do? She sinks out and she goes, naturally. <laughs> like, she, she's hearing this drumbeat, and she said yeah. that it's just hypnotizing, and she just she's feeling a pull in her stomach to go. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so she ends up, she's like, hmm, I don't need a horse to be saddled. The, the, I'll, just, I'll just grab that horse that brought me in, and we'll just ride out to... Where they were setting up all these big fires and everything, and, and go check it out. <laughs> What's the worst that could happen? I feel like she would have learned by now, but it's fine. Obviously, she doesn't. <laughs> so, what happens, guy? So she goes. And she's walking around, and she gets stopped by four females. And that have no masks. Right. Which we've learned at this point, all of the spring court fairies 
have these masks that cannot be removed. And they're trying to corner her. And somebody shows up to stop her. And we get introduced to Resan. My boy. Yeah, so we do. Says, he says, oh, there you are. I've been looking everywhere for you. And what does she say? The prettiest man I've ever laid my eyes on. <sighs> How Pendragon vibes. <laughs> But then these and other these other guys literally just turn away. Yeah, like, okay. they they seem well, very concerned when he yeah. is like, "Oh, you know, thanks for finding her. Enjoy the ride." And and they're they like blanch and leave. Um, but she notes that he doesn't have a mask either, so he's obviously not from the Spring Court. And then he questions her. You know, what's you know what's this human girl doing here? And she's lying, saying she's got friends and. You know, he's asking all the questions and obviously knows she's lying. Um, so ends up ends up leaving and uh, spying Lucian across the way, who freaks the hell out <laughs> seeing her there and literally lifts her over his shoulder and runs with mm. her back to the manor. And that gave me Twilight vibes. <laughs> oh well, and then we learned that <laughs> It's Callan May, right? Yeah. Is, um... So he gets her back to the manor and says, you know, you were told to stay in your room. This is You cannot come out. This is a big issue. Mm -hmm. Did nobody tell you what Callan May is? Yeah. And it is. It's a sex ritual. (laughs) That's how, they, wrong. that's how they replenish the land is by the high lord of the spring court Choosing picking a mate. a woman. Yeah. What is he? Oh, so he allows all the dark magic to go into his body, which pretty much makes him go crazy. He goes and finds. Like the he lets the magic pick. The chosen one. <laughs> pick the person. Yeah. Yeah. And then he. They have a night together. Yeah. And that's how. All everything is replenished. The magic within is released the land. into yes. the land. Yeah. So, but because Pharaoh was there, he smelled her and was seeking her out, which was why it was a big issue that she was there. Yeah. Because he's got whatever, whatever feelings they're feeling at the time. Mm-hmm. So he knew if she went, she would be the one. Yeah. So Lucian so. says, stay in your room. Do not come out until morning. Like, you were already told this, you stupid girl. He and calls her that so many times. He does. I fucking love Lucian <laughs> so, so much. It's so funny. Uh, so, um, and she's like, oh, I saw you over there, too. What, you know, what are you doing? And, and he, he gets all flustered, and he's like, oh, well, uh, you know, after Tamlin gets to couple up, the rest of us do, so... <laughs> He's like, don't ask. <laughs> so he, uh, he's like such a brother, you know, I love it's him like so much. Oh, uh, that's funny. So he leaves her in a room and he goes back and of course, like she falls asleep and she says she wakes up as soon as the drums stop. Yeah. So it's like what? 3? 2 a.m. Yeah. 2, 3 in the morning. And, and, uh, the drum stopping is sign- signaling Tamlin being done. 
essentially. He has reached completion. He is done. And um, so she's like, Ugh, I'm curious again. I'm hungry. I'm going to go down to the kitchen and. Yeah, because she didn't so, eat, she so didn't she eat she dinner. She yeah. eats half a loaf of bread and, like, an apple and then, like, a cake. And she she's like the hungry caterpillar eating all this yeah. stuff. Yeah, whatever you can find. <laughs> and um, she heads back to her room and runs into Tamlin in the hallway. Oh, so spicy. Who um, still has some magic-y things going on. Does he, though? Does he though? I think so. Or is yeah. he just a, a horny high <laughs> lord? Does it matter? <laughs> it was a good section. <laughs> I loved it. <clears throat> no, I think he was still feeling the effects. He <laughs> pins Feyre yeah. up against the wall. Oh, yeah. Ooh. I, I meant the effects, but no, that was weird. Okay. <laughs> Don't do that again. He pins Feyre up against the wall and he's like, hey, I, man, I wish I could do his deep voice from the, <laughs> from the audiobook. He essentially said, you were there, and I was looking for you, and when I couldn't find you, the magic made me pick someone else. Mm-hmm. And then he bites her. Right on the neck. <laughs> yeah. He, he essentially said, I told you to stay in your room, and then he ends up biting her. And in, she's a, in a seductive way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't like a vampire bite or anything. <laughs> Honestly, it kind of reminded me an air of fire when Rowan did it, too, just mm-hmm. to, like, shut him up. Yeah. Same vibes. But, yeah, and then he, after a long section of her talking Mental about how she just wants to, you know, whatever, it, he turns and walks away. It was mental foreplay. That's what it was. Yeah, sure. Yep. So they go to bed and wake up in the morning and they make fun of her for it <laughs> at, at lunch. <laughs> no, she walks out of the room and she's like, I got to figure out how to cover up this bruise. And she's like, you know what? No, just I'm not going to cover up the bruise. I'm going to wear it like a badge of honor. And then walks into the go get breakfast and lunch. Was it lunch? Yeah. yeah and they Lucian's like, in. what happened to you? And she's like, I don't know. Ask him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he did it. <laughs> and they're like, what? And it's so funny. Their interactions between the three of them are hilarious. Yep. Very funny. But he apologizes that mm. afternoon and brings her some roses from his parents' garden. And um, was it like the next day or a couple days after that that? they end up going out for like the picnic or whatever essentially it is. Yeah. So they go, the three of them, they have nothing to do that day. So they end up just going on a ride on horses, um, to this really pretty area of the court and laying down a picnic blanket and just relaxing in the tall grass and just taking in the, Good weather and everything, and then Tamlin takes Feyre to show her this, is it a pool, essentially? This pool that isn't water, but is starlight. Wait, like, okay, let's, can we back this up just a little bit? Because I think we had, we missed a couple days in there. 
Because in between that was when Tamlin carried in that fairy that had the wings ripped off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I forgot about that. So Which I think that that changed a little bit of their relationship also, because Tamlin came in um, a couple nights after. Wasn't that before Fire Night? Was it before Calendar? I thought so because he, because that was when like she like went upstairs and she started crying and like, uh, genuinely apologized for killing. Oh yeah, you're right. Um, pr- yeah, and then either way, I thought that was because she's like, oh, no one deserves to die alone. I thought that was super touching. Anyway, we need to play it in there somewhere. But before they go see this pool of um, water, starlight, whatever, um, he Tamlin asks if Feyre likes the place, the 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 glen that they're in, and uh, she says yes, and he's like, oh, just yes, and she's like, would you like me to grovel for bringing me here, High Lord? And so he's like, oh, the story old told you nothing important, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so now that's open, open knowledge amongst them all, finally. I did like these next couple of days in their relationship because, you know, it's like he does these nice things and it's like a nice, like, slower build up than what I feel like we get in some fantasy series because they want to pack in so much action and world building Yeah, that I think that it's very easy to lose some of that. Mm -hmm. But I really liked it in this book. I thought it was very well done. And it was kind of a slow, slow increase of just nice little gestures and feelings growing and trying to understand each other and learning more about each other. And I liked it. I liked it. The beauty of it is we don't have to build the entire world in this one book, though, you know? Yes. You know, we get we get a layout of Prithian. We learn of a few other... The, I think they speak of the continent a couple times and then a couple of the islands. Yeah. But our main focus is... Spring Court. Is the Spring Court. Mm-hmm. And that, that's what's so nice about this is because we don't have to build an entire world. We just have to build the spring. Well, and I think that Sarah J. Moss does a really good, is really good about that because I felt like we saw the same thing in the Throne of Glass series when we did that. Is that when you open like the first page of the book, it's this whole big map of all these like Throne of Glass is all these separate cities and territories, and even in Court of Thorns and Roses, you see a map of all the different courts and things like that. So you know there's other stuff going on, and sure we'll get to that at some point, but. Let's take it like one book at a time, which I appreciate because I do feel like there are a lot of fantasy series where it's just like, okay, I'm just going to throw everything at you and here's all this stuff that you're not going to remember and then you're going to have to refer back to the map later on because you forgot about everything, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think she does a really good job about keeping focus based on what book and what story she wants to tell within that book. Well, and I mean, even during Throne of Glass, there were points where if you go back and listen to our episodes, you're like, I had to go back and look at the map because mm-hmm. I couldn't, I couldn't remember this and this. Mm-hmm. And yeah, specifically with this book, I mean, we're so focused on the spring court and she builds it out 
so nicely. Well, and that's why I originally thought that you were going to enjoy this series in the first place, because I, I'm like halfway through book one at this point, and I'm like, this is a lot of world building. We're getting a lot of um, information about just this vast world, even though we're only in a small section of it. And I'm like, Skylar would like this. He likes these. He likes fantasy. He mm-hmm. likes world building. I'm like, he needs to read this. And so that's why I sent this to him anyway and told him to start, you know, not realizing the, even at that point, not realizing like the romance aspect of it. It's but. romance done right in my mind though. <laughs> oh, I mean, absolutely. you know, it's it's romanticy. Right. It's not <laughs> it's not how do I put it? It's not fast paced. It's it's another slow burn. You can actually get to see the relationship build. Absolutely. Even though, you know, it's a it's a relatively short book. What what do yeah. we say? Four hundred and fifty pages? Yep. Yep, it's the second shortest of the set of five so far. But the the relationship in this book is way more believable than any of the relationships in Throne of Glass, in my opinion, between her and Tamla. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, so they have a they, you know they have a good day at that pool of apparent you know supposedly starlight i mean she says it can't really be starlight and he's like well it's prithian i mean it can be can (laughs) but they have a good day and then they're heading back and um feyre hangs back with lucian as they're riding home and she's like so if you want to kill me you'll have to try better next time because he didn't come for her when she screamed um when trying to when she was with the surreal and he's like, that's not what I was trying to do. You know, I, but I did hesitate. So, mm. you know, I'm sorry for that. And I think she, you know, at that point she says, I'm also sorry for Andrus. I don't know. It seems like there's a, that just well, their friendship solidifies their yeah. friendship a little bit. That was a nice there. builder too. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So much happened in this book. I'm kind of losing track of the order. <laughs> yeah, I know. And it's only because like I I bookmarked so many things. I highlighted so many things in this book that I'm like going through. Like until until the end when they're all in one place. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of lose track of like what happened when. So when um I can't I can't remember what what was between then and summer solstice. Cause the wh- adder sh- shows up, right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So we see another what, what you would describe as a demon, right? Pretty like, much. That's yeah, how I pictured a flying, him. flying demon sort of thing shows up, and so Tamlin glamours Feyre so she can't be detected and. I don't know what what all he mentions. Does she? Does he say? I think he just references she. I don't think he says. Yeah, Amaranth by right. name. Yeah, because I think Lucian had said something at one point about. That's when Pharaoh was eavesdropping on him. She and would definitely. She would definitely kill me for that or something. 
And so she knew that, already knew, like, there was a she that people were mm-hmm. afraid of. And then the adder mentioned she. She's like, okay, well, that must be the she that everyone's yeah. scared She's like, I wonder, of. Yeah. I wonder if there's, like, a high lady, you know, or mm-hmm. something that's instead of a high lord that everybody's worried about. I don't remember if he said anything of significance, though, really. Other than just threats. Yeah, I don't think he did. I think it's just, I it's think it's kind the of second there. time when, yeah. It's kind of just there to hint more at there. There's more going on in the background than mm-hmm. what, mm-hmm. than what Feyre knows. Yeah, exactly. So before this, even back when, um, Tamlin shows her the library. She comes across a mural of Prithian and that tells a story, essentially. So she gets, so she goes through and sees a little bit about the war with humans and the um, just kind of the layout of all the courts and um, that it all started from a cauldron and just gets a you know a bunch of little bits of information there so i think that's notable at least she got at least a little bit of history on it so essentially they have su- they then have summer solstice where she does get to attend and it's just a fun and enjoyable time they say it used to be held in the uh, autumn court summer court that summer court would make sense mm-hmm. if it was the summer solstice and um she gets drunk but yeah it's now held in just any court that wants to do it so she gets drunk on fairy wine good for her she deserves a night out (laughs) yeah lucian essentially says oh yeah it's just night to have fun and get drunk on fairy wine and then she goes to to have some and he's like oh no you can't drink that and then she (laughs) she gets drunk and he's like stupid girl and it's like dude you were gonna you were gonna drink too so it's okay tamlin takes care of her yeah, so she's just enjoying herself, dancing her dance, and he goes and shows her that pretty field with all the. Before that, he's playing the fiddle. Oh yeah, and he can fiddle. he can play the fiddle. He fiddles. Right. He fiddles for her. <laughs> <laughs> but that was cute because he was just playing the fiddle and just watching her dance and have fun. And yeah, she was just living her best life at that point. I really liked that section in the audiobook. That that was it nice. was cute. I yeah, liked that. yeah. And he took her to this open field where, what were those things that were making all those Will pretty Will of the lights? Wisps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they slow danced and it was sweet. And mm-hmm. Was and was this day when he removed the glamour or was that back? That was at the, at the other glamour. That was the starlight pool. Yeah, the pool. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, so he's seeing, she's seeing everyone for who they actually are. Yeah, so he removed uh, the the magical glamour of just Prithian in general. So yeah. she could see him in his um True form. His yeah, his like yeah, whatever. Anyway, he glowed more than he normally does as a you know. Anyway. Vampire. <laughs> I didn't say he sparkled. It's Twilight. And she could hear that the you know, the trees were singing and then you know the birds had harmonies and uh, anyway it just was like a veil was lifted but then she could see everybody for their 
true form after she woke up the next morning because she didn't think Alice was Alice and yeah. and she saw a bunch more fairies around that she didn't know were there before. Yeah. But, but it's cute. I think their yeah. their feelings are definitely solidified. Like they definitely have feelings for each other at this oh, point. Oh yeah, in time. summer solstice. Like, totally. Yeah. And they're both kind of realizing that themselves. So. Because they kissed then, right? Yep. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. And then isn't it lunch the next day where all hell starts breaking loose? It sure is. Absolutely. <sighs> so, they're at lunch, right? They're doing this little flirty thing. Lucian's there being all grossed out about it. You know, as a typical third wheel does. <laughs> and, uh... It's like me with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. But, uh, my boy Reese stops by. It's not, not a good encounter, right? So they can hear him coming. So they... <laughs> they take Feyre. Lucian pushes her up against the wall by the curtains and stands in front of her. And they put a glamour over her to hide her. Yeah, so she just appears like an extension of Lucian. Lucian right. Center, right. Essentially. Because, like, the mood com- immediately changes. Yep. Immediately changes as soon as they hear that he's coming. Yep. So, a boy Reese walks in. I'm wondering how weird that looked to see, like, Tamlin at the table and then Lucian's over here by the curtain. You know what I'm saying? I don't think it would look that weird if he made it look like he was, like, just turning around from looking out the window. Yeah, but they I said that he was looking out the window, which I thought was weird because then Pharaoh was behind his back. So I'm She must like, have been in front and then he turned. Yeah. Yeah, but ultimately, it didn't. The conversation did not go great. No. <laughs> so, as Farah is listening to all this going on, Tamlin refers to. They don't say her name at this point, do they? No, we don't no. learn. We just we talk about the she. Until... Yeah, the she. Yeah. And Tamlin refers to Reese as her whore. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. I don't know why I laughed so hard at that. But I was just like, oh, okay. Um, I don't remember. What did he initially come for? To tell him that his time was about up. Oh, right. yes. So we get like these little hints of, you know, she's going to be wanting to see you under the mountain and mm-hmm. all this. And he can tell that something is off in the room. He gets that vibe. My boy Reese. My boy Reese. And at this point, I really did not like him. Yeah. He's just like a snobby little prick. But. <laughs> anyway, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. And uh, he, he goes to leave, right? Yeah. And then he realizes that they're trying to hide something from him. And he's like, you think that you can fool me with a glamour? He's like, there are Which- three place settings here yes where's your guest Mm -hmm. rookie mistake rookie mistake so he removes the glamour from the room and sees Feyre and recognizes her and uh essentially he's like oh what what is this (laughs) and immediately I love how I love how the response was yeah this is my betrothed (laughs) from Lucian (laughs) it's like okay all right Interesting, interesting choice. And uh, it kind of spirals from there. 
Well, yeah, because Rhysand says, oh, you know, not still mourning after your your lesser mm-hmm. um, lover from, you know, decades ago or whatever it was, because Lucian did find someone he loved a long time ago, and they were killed in front of him mm-hmm. because they weren't worthy of him being the he's autumn high, yeah. high court mm-hmm. hi, or high lord's son. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one of Reese's powers is he can go in and he can manipulate people's minds. So he takes it upon himself to hop in Pharaoh's head. And, and scratch at her brain with a Can you picture it? Like, yes. Ugh. The detail uh, and the, the graphic audio it. was intense. But, uh, she obviously can't hide her thoughts about Tamlin. So he knows very quickly that what Lucian is saying is not true. So, uh, um, how did that conversation end? He asked her for her name and she says her name is Claire Better. Claire Better. Who was the only person she could think of off the top of her head. Yeah. Who was a friend of her sister's from Nessa's old friend. Yeah. And then he leaves. Oh, no, no, no. No, he said, uh, Tamlin said, I, uh, you're not going to tell her about this, are you? And yeah, he like said, begs beg. Her. Yeah. Oh, yeah, He yeah, said, yeah. beg. Mm-hmm. So Tamlin gets down on his hands and knees and Reese says, lower. <laughs> and then he looks at Lucian. He's like, you too. You too, Fox boy. And he's like, oh, yeah, I won't tell her. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and he leaves. Okay. So then just panic. Yep. So they have the most um, fun lunch. Yeah, no joke. Interrupted by Reese. That was not a good time. I don't remember exactly what happens after this. I'm not going to lie. So, essentially... The sex. Well, Tamlin essentially doesn't he kind of dismiss Feyre and Lucian and then throws a big fit in the the yeah, like um, dining room. Mm-hmm. And yeah. she goes up to her room and doesn't she kind of um, just doze off or space out for a little bit before he ends up coming up to her and they talk about how, you know, She's they're worried go. and... Mm. And he's going to send her back to her family and not sure what the period of time will be for how long she's going to be there. And he's like, but I will see you again. I just don't know when. Yeah. And she, in her, in her mind, she's like, you're lying, but I'm going to take it for what it is. And yeah. Because at this point, everything is flipped and now she wants to stay. Yes. And wants to stay with him. Yeah. Because he said that he's going to send her home and she's, she's like, well, you know. You know, this is my home at this point. Mm-hmm. At least mentally, she's saying that to herself. Yeah. There's a lot of built build up tension. So yeah, so they uh, they do their thing and do their thing and do their th- a couple times, <laughs> yeah, a few times there and uh, sleep and wake up and do their thing and then mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they wake up in the morning and um, Lucian. Um, is trying to convince Tamlin to let her stay longer. You know, he's like... a couple more days. Yeah, he's Mm -hmm. like, why are you, you know, you're making her go away now? Why now? Why not let her stay a little bit longer? And 
And Tamla essentially says no and has a carriage around for her. And Alice makes her up into human nobility because supposedly she was staying with a great aunt that died mm-hmm. um, is the glamour that Tamlin put over her family, uh, her family's memories. And, uh, oh, before, before she fell asleep, he told her he loved her and she heard it and then fell asleep. And then thought she misheard. Thought she, yeah, was dreaming. Yes. But then he went to send her off in the, the carriage, and he, he told her he loved her again. And, and she like, didn't say it back. She's <laughs> like, I should I should say it. I should say it, but, like, I don't want to make this harder on him if he never sees me again. And you what, know. Okay, what's worse? Telling someone you love them and they don't say anything, or they reply back with thank you? I don't know. Skylar asked me to date him, and I said, sure. <laughs> he asked it was me also, to... like, middle school, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <And> still. <laughs> I have determined that whenever one of my friends says, love you, before they leave, I'm just going to start saying thank you. <laughs> Sky. You're the worst. I can't yes. wait to just defeat Roy every time I see him. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, dog. <laughs> <laughs> this makes me so uncomfortable, and you haven't even done it yet. <laughs> My empathy can never. <laughs> I won't do it to Nick, though. I'm pretty sure that'd shatter his poor little heart. When he when he first told me, because he was the first to say the L word. But he told me that he loved me, and I didn't say anything. I think I gave him a hug. <laughs> I thought you were going to say a thumbs up. I love yeah, cake. Like <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine, like, oh, yeah, I started that. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I was awkward in 21, and, yeah. And she still hasn't grown out of it. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. I feel like I've just evolved and embraced the awkward at this point, so it is what it is. But so, what do you what do you think is worse? What would make you the most uncomfortable? If whether you're an outside an outside looking in, or if you were one of the two people, like if you were the one saying in a realistic situation, Jess, I love you for the first time. Would it be more awkward if I didn't say something, or if I said thank you? Yes, which is worse, saying thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. Have you ever seen New Girl? No. No. <laughs> there's there's a moment where she's dating this guy and they're hugging and he's like, I she had gotten him getting she had gotten him a Valentine's Day gift and uh, they're hugging and he's like, No, I love it so much. I I just I love you. And she's hugging him and her eyes get real big and she's like, Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> It's a really good show. You should watch it. You guys would love it. But I think that I agree. I think that that would be that's a, make me the most uncomfortable. That's what's her name with the big eyes. Zoe Deschanel. Mm-hmm. Deschanel. There you go. That's yeah. That's why when I look at you and I'm like Jessica Damn Day because her character's name is Jessica Day. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. I had no idea. See, it's Never awkward. It. It's awkward because you haven't seen it. So <laughs> anyway, that's... off topic. She doesn't say anything, right? Yeah, she d- she doesn't. She and then just... she just goes off and. Past the wall and goes home, which is very different than what she 
left. Yes, she does not go back to her hovel. <laughs> yeah, good in word. the woods. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, they have a full on, full on estate with land and everyone, servants. Everyone's and living well. Yeah, he did not. Tamlin hooked them up. Yeah, he did not lie about that. Not only did he hook them up, he hooked her up as she was leaving. Because she pulls up to the estate and the glamour carriage driver is pulling off just chests full of golden gold jewels and jewels mm-hmm. and clothes and Yep. Yep. But he, he didn't just take care of her family, he set them up. Um had some like traitor come through that like wanted to sponsor her dad with things well the his ships were found and then supposedly found his ships which made it then to yeah i thought that was cool because not only he did he could have easily just given them a bunch of money and been like here do with this what you will but like the ships being restored or whatever also restored her family's name but do you think that the ships were actually found or do you think that they were made i like to believe that as part of the whole downfall of Farah's family, that the ships were either commandeered or the crew decided they weren't coming back. So the ships were still together. They, they weren't at the bottom of the sea. Yeah, so you think he actually found them. Oh, yeah. That's more impressive. Even though, like, it, the, the way that they were going was, like, it was a treacherous way of... Due to the water, so like it was, yeah, they it was yeah. precarious waters. Yeah, but I mean, just because that's the way he sent them doesn't mean that's the way they went. Yeah, mm. I will I think die on that, that hill. He will die on that hill. I will. I just like to oh. imagine that. No, I like to imagine <laughs> that the downfall of Favor's family wasn't entirely just her dad's fault. It was, you know, the loan the sharks crew. and people buying him off and all that because. Gotcha. People don't like well-to-do people sometimes. Yeah, that's true. So, so they were, they were living well, and uh, doing well, and back in the business, and um, he was doing his merchant thing, and Elaine was doing her gardening thing, and Nesta was doing her brooding thing, and <laughs> <laughs> they were doing all right. Yeah. I feel like the transition back was definitely weird for her. I feel like that transition back was weird just because it's not what she was used to. And she had done that for so many years where she was, you know, trying to save her every amount of money and every amount of food that they could. And now they have so much, like, splendor about. Well, and I think Feyre, when living in the mortal lands, um was too young to really remember back when they were rich Mm -hmm. for the most part. Like her, most of her growth has been in poverty. And so it's definitely, you know, she knew going to the spring court, it was going to be totally different. So like that, that was a shock in a different sense, but this seemed to be like a big disconnect. um, Even in the familiar sense because it's not what she normally had. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think, I mean, that was tricky along with her 
missing Tamlin and Lucian and being worried for them um, because she still had that nagging feeling that something was really going to go wrong Mm -hmm. and she wasn't able to help. Quick question. What age did Farah's mom die? Do you remember? What age was her mom or what age was Farah? What age was Farah when her mom died? She was less than 10. I want to say, I don't know why the number eight is coming to my head. I can find out. Do you remember how old she was when they lost everything then? It was not long after that. A couple years. A year. Okay. Google's our best friend. Farah was eight when her mom died. I want to say like 10 or 11 when they lost because she was 11 when she started hunting i think yes yeah. for the first That's time correct. but she said that their money lasted for a couple of years before it ran out yeah so, so before she had to go out and hunt at 11 yeah and fend for food the money lasted i think she said two or three years something like that yeah from selling the estate and right yeah which i think was not long after yeah so that would make sense so her mom died when she was eight, and then they had three years with the money before she had to go out and start hunting at 11. Is that not right? No, she didn't start hunting at 11. I think that might have been when they... She started hunting at 14. That doesn't seem right from the book, because I could have sworn 11 was that age, too. I don't remember the exact timeline of when the ships went missing and all that happened. So, Feyre's mom died when she was eight, and he, they lost their wealth when she was 11. There you go. So, yeah, so ships and all that. And she started hunting when she was, like, 12 or 13, it looks okay. like. I think 13. Because then. Okay, yep. that answered my question. Yeah. Thanks. That looks like, and you know, I'm, I could be a little wrong, but that's what it looks like the timeline is from what I'm looking at. So. So she's back. She's at the estate. She's super freaking rich. Her family's super rich. The food doesn't taste as good as it tastes in the spring court. Her dad's back to not kind of just ignoring them. For the most part, again. But he's completely healed. Which I think she said he yes. has a little bit of like a a limp still, but, but a, Tamlin sent him a healer. Yeah, a um, random person came by with a salve that just magically, magically fixed it at one time. This this small section of the book, I I thought was a little boring. Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, it's nice to go back and see that, you know, Tamlin isn't a dirty liar and that <laughs> her family. just say a liar. Dirty liar. He's a dirty, dirty liar. liar. Um, her family is well off. But we also learned that the glamour didn't work on Nesta. Nesta yeah. knew she was in the spring court. Yeah. Nesta realized one time when looking at their table that Feyre had painted and saw claw marks in it from when Tamlin threw a fit when they first met. Mm. And uh, 
yeah, the glamour didn't hold on her. And so she ended up um, soliciting the the merchant in the town square. Mercenary. The, mercenary, yeah, that one. In the town square that Feyre had talked to that had, you know, dealt with fairies before. And, uh, and asked her to take her to Prithian, or to the border. To the wall. The wall. The border. The wall. Yeah. So... I don't remember. Did did she get there? Yeah, they made it to the wall, but they couldn't find the they way could, through. Yeah. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. So she went after her baby sister. Which, which was surprising, yeah, honestly. Pharaoh was extremely surprised. Hmm. She essentially was like, well, I knew my dad wouldn't go after me, but I didn't think Nesta would ever go after me. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> they've never gotten along. I feel like I blacked out during this section, honestly. <laughs> the parts I remember are the ball, because I thought Tamlin was going to show up. <laughs> the girl and her family all burned in the house fire. Yes. That's what I remember. And then her freaking out, telling Nesta the whole truth about everything. If anything seems like trouble, you need to take the family and go south. Which, I mean, that's really important, though, too, because as she's sitting at the table and they realize that the Betters, the Claire Better is the name that Feyre had given. Resand. Resand. Their estate burnt down. They never found Claire's body. So Feyre's like, oh, no. (laughs) She she had heard that there was this massive fire. Um but did not know who who it was until they're sitting at the table and it gets brought up and she asks questions and it, all of that comes out. And she freaks the out, rightfully so. She's like, I got I to gotta go back. I got to help him in any way that I maybe can possibly do because the big, big bad guys have been over here and mm-hmm. took Claire, did something to Claire. But as she's explaining it to Nesta, the glamour lifts off her dad and Elaine. Mm-hmm. So now they remember everything, too. Yeah. So she gives them a warning to flee at the first sign of anything and to hire more guards. And she packs herself a bag and takes off. Mm-hmm. Hey everybody, thank you for listening to part one of A Court of Thorns and Roses. Check back in next week for part two. If you liked what you heard and you heard what you liked, make sure to check out A Court of Books and Booze on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also email us at acobabpodcast at gmail.com. Also, check out the Golden Mojo Entertainment website for merch and to learn a little bit about all the other podcasts which are the Call Guys on Monday, Golden Image Podcast on Tuesday, the United States of Paranormal on Wednesday, the Golden 80s and Indiana Chiefs fans on Thursday, and Murder Nerds on Friday. Read with you later.